When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's gonna relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69 from any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer. 92% of households that join Peloton early in the year are still active a year later. Because of cycling? We also have a treadmill and Peloton guide. Guide? The thing that counts your reps? Yeah, it turns your TV into an AI powered personal trainer. And with training programs like A Stronger You, Peloton Guide takes all the guesswork out of working out. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton Tread, Guide, or Bikes risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.ca slash home dash trial. Welcome back to Cold Case Tuesdays. Don't worry, this one, <laughs> this one will actually be up on Tuesday. Don't worry. You know, so... Don't worry. But today's state that we are going to be looking at is the state of Georgia. Ugh, excuse me. Ugh, excuse me for all this hiccuping and shit like that. Sounds but anyways, like I said, the state we are going to be looking at is the state of Georgia. And we'll be talking about Maybell Mahone. A murder on a warm winter day by Nathaniel Mayerson. So, on the morning of December 5th, 1956, B.T. Dukes, a 71-year-old white retired farmer from Malena, Malena, Georgia, a small farming town 60 miles south of Atlanta, drove to Maybell Mahone's house two miles outside of Malena. Sorry. Dukes had worked with Mahone, a 30-year-old black mother of six, at a plantation near Malena, and sometimes went by the Mahone home to talk to them, according to then Pike County Sheriff Astor Riggins. Dukes spent the unseasonably warm day drinking whiskey with Mahone, whose husband had left for work earlier that morning. By the end of the day, Dukes had shot Mahone dead in front of her children, young children to be exact, and he told the sheriff she sassed him, triggering a murder trial and conviction in rural Pike County Superior Court and a retrial with an unexpected outcome. In 2006, 50 years after Maybell Mahone was killed, then United States General Attorney, Attorney General, my bad, Alberto L. R. Gonzalez announced a civil rights cold case initiative with the pledge to be re-examined more than 120 unsolved civil rights era killings that appeared to be racially motivated. The events that led to Mahone's death placed her on the FBI list of victims. Damn. At around four in the afternoon on December 5th, Mahone's sons, Walter Lee, who was 11, and Robert Lee, who was 12, returned, returned home from school. When they walked into the house, they found Dukes and their mother in Walter Lee's bedroom. Dukes was was laying on the hearth by the fireplace. And when Mahomes, I keep saying Mahomes, it's Mahone, was laying on the bed, 
Walter Lee would later say, my mama, my mama, she told him to leave and he wouldn't. And he kept lying down on the fireplace. Then he went to leave, but he didn't leave. She kept on telling him to leave and he still wouldn't leave. My mama told me to make him leave and he still wouldn't leave. Walter Lee recalled. The situation deteriorated quickly. The young Walter Lee would later tell a Pikes County Superior Court jury during Duke's trial for murdering Mahone. Finally, Lee testified. Duke, Dukes left the house and went to his car. He returned with a single barrel shotgun, which was at the time a Winchester Ranger 12 gauge. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation later determined and put a shell in it. Walter Lee told the court. Mahone headed to the back door of the house. Dukes called for her to the, from the side of his car and said he wasn't going nowhere. Walter Lee testified. Dukes fired his shotgun through the back door, striking Mahone in the neck. Mahone fell, bleeding excessively from her shoulder and neck. Dukes drove away. <laughs> About 25 minutes later, Georgia State Trooper Billy Mitchum received a call from the Pike County Sheriff's Office in Zebelin about a shooting at a colored home west of Milena. Mitchum later told the Pike County Court. Oh, excuse me. Mitchum and another Georgia trooper drove to the home of Mr. and Mrs. J.B. Lawrence in Milena, where they, where they were directed to the Mahone residence. When Mitchum arrived, he went into the home and found the body of a colored female. Bully clothed, lying in the near, lying in the rear of the house in the hall. She was lying with the left side of her face down. There was a puddle of blood around her head, and the back door was closed. And her feet were about half a foot or a foot away from the door. Mitchum told the court. Walter Lee and Robert Lee told the troopers and Mr. Lawrence that Dukes had been over during the day, so Mitchum and Mr. Lawrence drove to Dukes' house. Dukes was eating dinner at the kitchen table with his wife when Mitchum arrived. Mitchum placed Dukes under arrest and drove him to the Mahone residence to wait for Coroner Herman D. Jones and Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Oh Jesus, I can't speak. Georgia Bureau of Investigation Agent G. W. Smith to arrive. On the drive to Mahone's house, Mitchum spoke to Dukes about the shooting. Dukes told Mitchum that the two boys had come home from school around four and the deceased cyst them on him. Whatever the fuck that means. She made them throw rocks at him and push him down and throw sticks at him. He told the boys to quit and they failed to do so. He walked out to his automobile, got out with a shotgun and Maybell came on the porch and began to sass him. She told him it wasn't nobody there. She told him wasn't nobody there scared of him and he fired a shot, Mitchum testified. Dukes repeated a similar version of events to Agent Smith during the course of the inquiry by Smith and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Dukes told Smith that around 3 or 4 o'clock, these two boys of Maybell's come in together and started throwing rocks and sticks at him and pushed him down a couple times. He told Maybell to, quit, to make them quit and she wouldn't make them quit. And he just went out to his car, got the shotgun and shot her. Smith would later testify during Duke's trial. Sounds drive. 
Smith told the court that Duke showed no remorse for shooting Mahone and did not appear to believe he had done anything wrong. In February of 1957, a grand jury indicted Dukes for murder. Dukes was tried before a Pike County Superior Court jury for, for murder in the July term Andrew J. Whalen Jr., the Griffith Judicial Circuit Solicitor General. Oof, my bad. Prosecuted the case for the state and sought the death penalty for Dukes R. Carl Johnson, an attorney from Zebulon, and Dixon Adams, a female attorney from Thomaston, Georgia, represented Dukes, who pleaded not guilty. Dukes did not testify on his own behalf during the proceedings. None of the testimony provided any explanation for why Dukes was with Mahone. A simple interracial friendship at the time would have been very unusual but no testimony was sought or given that indicted a sexual relationship or an attempted one. Throughout the trial, the defense counsel raised questions about Duke's mental state. The defense attempted to establish that Duke was legally insane and therefore not responsible for the murder. Through testimony from Duke's children and friends describing his merc... My bad, my eye is itchy. Ugh. The mercurial behavior, the defense sought to establish that Dukes could not distinguish between right and wrong during the time of the shooting and as a result should be acquitted. Under Georgia law, suspects were presumed to be sane, so the burden of proof fell to Duke's defense counsel to demonstrate to the, re- to the reasonable satisfaction of the jury that its client was mentally ill. The state relied on eyewitness testimony from Mahone's children, as well as State Trooper Mitchum, GBI Agent Smith, and Sheriff Riggins to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Dukes murdered Mahone. Dr. Trojan Trojan G. Shipley, a psychiatrist who performed a mental examination of Dukes shortly after he was taken into custody, was defense's key witness. Dr. Shipley testified that Dukes was slovenly and didn't seem to care much about what was going on when he went under examination. Dukes, Dr. Shipley said, showed on the mental examination to be confused. His memory was impaired. His memory for recent events showed impairment. He had a dreamlike attitude about him. Dr. Shipley told the court that he had diagnosed Dukes with cerebral ardeosis. Arteriosclerosis? What the fuck that means? A psychosis, psychosis meaning, in a legal sense, insanity. Dr. Dr. Shipley testified that Dukes was not able to distinguish right from wrong on the 5th of December and was not responsible for his acts. The doctor also told the court that personality changes were associated with Dukes' mental condition. The defense called several witnesses to uh, to corroborate Duke's pattern of erotic behavior. C.A. Oglesby, a shopkeeper, testified that she'd observed changes in Duke's personality over a two-year period. One of Duke's Duke's daughter, Talmadge Allen, recounted an incident where her father had had undressed in the presence of women. His son, Grady Dukes, told the court how he had mentioned the possibility of seeking psychiatric care for his father to his mother and another of Dukes' daughters described changes in his personality and his recent detachment from former friends and family members. But the final witness to testify for the prosecution 
Sheriff Riggins. I'm told his jury that he had known Dukes for more than 30 years and believed that Dukes was legally sane. On July 31st, 1957, a Pike County jury found Dukes guilty of Mahone's murder. After deliberating her for only two hours, oh, after deliberating for only two hours, my bad, the jury recommended mercy and Judge John J. McGee sentenced the 71-year-old farmer to life in prison. Dukes was sent to the state penitentiary at Reedsville to serve his sentence. The defense sought a new trial in October of 1857, but Judge McGee dismissed the claim. On February 17, 1958, the defense filed an extraordinary motion for a new trial, citing new evidence that was discovered after the verdict. In the petition, R. Carl Johnson, Duke's attorney, stated that on January 2nd, 1958, Dukes had been given a mental examination at the Georgia State Sanitarium. Dr. R.M. Bradford and Dr. Edwin W. Allen, psychiatrists at the sanitarium, found Dukes to be psychotic, not mentally able to adhere to the right and refrain from the wrong and not mentally responsible for his actions. Judge McGee held a hearing on the motion and ordered a new trial. For the same day, on February 24th, 1958, hey, my birthday, not the fi- not the 58, but 2001, Judge McGee convened a Pike County jury and after a proceeding for which only an outcome and not a full explanation has been discovered in historical records so far, O.C. Minter, the jury foreman, read the verdict to the court. We, the jury, find the defendant, B.T. Dukes, not guilty by reason of insanity at the time of the commission of the act alleged. Judge McGee ordered Dukes to be confined at the state hospital at Milledgeville or a facility where mental patients are kept, not to be released except with the terms and provisions set by the Georgia Board of Control, which prescribed the rules and regulations for inmates admissions and discharge to state hospitals. Dukes died four years later on June 1st, 1962, and was buried at the Milena Cemetery in Milena. In December 2009, I mean, three years after reopening the Mahone case and placing it on the list of civil rights cold cases, the FBI closed the case, either because it was satisfied that the ultimate verdict was appropriate, or because Dukes was deceased. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.